Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome back to On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the embassy, theembassy.substack.com. Glad you're listening today. I'm joined once again by Susan James. How are you doing, Susan? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Uh, Yes, it is morning as we record uh, uh, here, um, early-ish at least. Uh, And we're going to talk about hmm, how to describe it. Uh, uh, truth, but really more the stories we tell ourselves or uh, what we hope to believe to be true or that whole thing and maybe where that comes from. Um, I start the piece talking about the housing crisis, which if you're, you don't have to be that old to remember it pretty well. Uh, Certainly if you were of house buying age, whether you owned house or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was all the rage. Um, now, you said your husband was a mortgage broker during that time, right? Yes. Well, actually, yes, he was. He actually uh, managed a um, mortgage office for um, one of the big banks. Okay. And, but what was, inter- what was interesting is not only did they... Um, provide mortgages, sell mortgages, but they also collected on them. So, you know, he uh, was, uh, the, he knew what was happening and like, okay, if we give people things they can't afford, I have to collect them. And that might not be a reality if you <laughs> offer them too much. Um, so he was, I remember him always saying that, oh, the bottom's going to fall out, the bottom's going to fall out, you know, and I wasn't really a mortgage person. So I'm like, yeah. oh, hey, whatever. But when it happened, like, oh, that's what you were talking about. But fortunately, during that time, we did buy a house, but he would not let us go over a certain amount, even though we were to offer more. Yeah, yeah. So I was thankful for that. Well, and that's interesting in that, we can talk about that too, because there's a lot of people who obviously, I mean, probably you could have had two houses or three uh, as far as Mm -hmm. the you know, getting a mortgage for those. But there's, most people probably thought, yeah, I mean, obviously that's not going to work in the long run. Uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, and that probably saved a bigger crash, but I, the the whole kind of I don't, is it mass delusion or groupthink or mm-hmm. something that goes into because I think he, he, he's probably not alone in that privately or in the you know in the confines of their own home they're like yeah this can't keep working, but people right. in the industry weren't saying that publicly right uh and uh you know in fact i remember some discussion of people bringing it up publicly and sort of all the smart people said well no here's why it's fine (laughs) and obviously it wasn't fine all along it wasn't fine but there was just this we all kind of wanted to believe it i guess Right, right, because we want what we want. And if somebody can tells us we can afford a five hundred thousand dollar house on you know minimum wage, right? You know, it's like oh cool. But the reality is, can we pay for it <laughs> with all our other bills? Yeah, and I think partly there's there's the political motivations of, um, 
you know, it's a good thing for people to be in a house. So let's make that possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's take away all the barriers for access to housing. Those are the phrases that I remember being used. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, the people saying that probably weren't buying multiple houses. They probably were not getting themselves into trouble. But, you know, one of the tragedies of the whole crash of the housing market is that you had a lot of people who weren't trying to abuse the system, who probably weren't very high income, maybe couldn't have gotten a house, maybe shouldn't have gotten a house before, who were left with, yeah, who were left with a house they couldn't pay for and couldn't sell uh, because it wasn't worth, Mm -hmm. you know, what they got a mortgage for. Um, And, you know, those were the real sort of victims of of the the market. But it it did, if you remember, looking back on it now, it's easy to say, Oh yeah, that was never going to work. Um, yeah, obviously, you can't just hand mortgages out like candy. Right. But in two thousand, but at and, the time, at the time, yeah. And right, why is you that? Think well, the banks know what we can afford. I, I think right. we relied. You know, most people relied on the bank to tell you what you could afford because you had to present all this stuff. You know, right. you know yeah. to prove. Yeah. how much you were making and everything. Yeah. So the bank knows how much I can afford. So I'm going to rely on them as the expert when right. in reality. Most banks sold you know, your mortgage yeah. as soon as they got it. So they went on the hook for it. Right. So, so they didn't really care right. if you could pay the mortgage. It was sort of a merry-go-round. And mm-hmm. one day the merry-go-round stopped and everybody, you know, lost their shirt, I guess. But there is a sense in which, yeah, we want to tell ourselves or tell ourselves a story or just not look at something, just not, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone else. I mean, if this was really a problem, it would be a gigantic problem. And so I don't, it's not a gigantic problem. So it must not be a problem or all these things that we tell right. ourselves to not see what 10 years later will go. Wow. That was, that was crazy. Right. right. It's that phenomenon. But in that, reality, but in reality, we do that. All of us do that every day. With yeah, that's the point. So <laughs> things we right. don't want to face, but need to face. <laughs> yeah. So what what do we do? What are some of the things in your experience we do mm-hmm. to not see, either not see what we don't want to see, or to sort of re- completely reframe in a super optimistic way what we can't avoid seeing, but we don't want to face we don't want to face. Yeah. Um, I think that oftentimes we, um, we don't want to face the hard things. That's the reality of the hard things. And we all have hard things that we need to face in our life, whether it's financial crisis, we need to get our numbers together, whether it's our health, um, whether it's our relationships and it's easier sometimes to do the things that we're comfortable with, more comfortable with or good at, and to be honest with you, I can use my own uh, myself as an example. Um, I love my job. I love working with people. And so to be honest with you, it's really easy, easy for me to work more and not face some of the things I need to face in my personal life, such as my health. I've got health issues. And when I sit in front of people and I feel like I'm helping them, I don't have to think about my legs that are hurting mm-hmm. until I get up. You know what I mean? So there's some things I can do to better my health, to face that difficult. But the things that I have to do to face it 
are really hard things. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier for me to sit in my chair and deny what I need to face Mm -hmm. and work through Mm -hmm. than, you know, to, you know, than to actually do the work. And Mm -hmm. I think that's with anybody in a bad marriage or financial situations. I, I know there are people that have gotten in financial situations that are so overwhelming to them that they let their bills pile up and they don't even open them because they can't face it, you know, but they might be really good or happy in another part of their lives where it's like, I'm just going to do this thing instead, Mm -hmm. you know? So we all do a little bit of that. It's the things that we don't want to face that we need to face. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in. Obviously I'm not reality. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so interested in the housing market uh other than it just illustrates yeah. this thing and uh yeah that's super common we used to help people at uh at church i was on staff of people who had financial difficulty would come in and somebody would sit down with them and almost always they would come in and talk to somebody as a last last resort like next mm-hmm. wednesday they're coming to foreclose on my house okay well right I mean, at that point, there's not, I mean, obviously bills have been coming in and, you know, piling up and and so on. Uh, And so that's, there's this thing of not seeing reality, not, you know, not paying attention to it, not seeing what's there. Um, And then there's the, the, uh, the, the reframing, like, no, it's really fine. It's actually really fine. It's mm. not that big of a problem. I know it's there. I see it. Right. You know, obviously the dog is, you know, right. sometimes dogs do the, whatever, but it's yeah. fine. And in, you know, in the case of the White House, obviously it's because the person running the White House wants it to be fine. And then everyone else has to sort of pretend it's fine or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, like it's, they know the dog's there. They're not ignoring the dog situation. They're just sort of reframing it as it's not so bad, or I don't think he'll bite again, or all of these things that logically or, don't make a lot of sense. Right. Or some of them know it's going to happen again, but they do not want to face their um, boss to right. tell him, hey, this is a really bad situation right. because they don't may perhaps want to know the reaction to that, you right. know, or. Yes. Yeah. And it, I don't know if it takes somebody to, I mean, in the case of the dog, obviously, as you see in the piece, uh, there was a public picture that got put in a a paper of of, of this White House groundskeeper getting bit. And as I mentioned in the piece, it's not that this happened two dozen times or that there were stitches or blood or, you know, all of these people afraid to go into the same room as the dog. It's when a picture uh, was published as soon as the picture got out there, everybody goes, okay, now we have to do something about this, right? There's something, something symbolic of the fact that now we see it. We can't ignore it. Right. Okay, but the dog can't stay in the White House. Um, yeah. Something that was probably obvious, but for whatever, until the picture was put up there, um, yeah. everyone sort of could pretend it wasn't a problem, Right. right? And I think also, I mean, I feel like that's my job as a therapist is to have to tell people the hard things that they don't want to see Mm -hmm. or help them come to their own conclusion that, oh, 
this is something I need to address in my life. And some people are ready for that truth and some people aren't, you know, those people who are not ready, you know, they disappear for a while (laughs) until they're ready. And Mm. then, you know, hopefully, but I feel like, you know, when I was reading that and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I can ignore some things I need to face in my own life, but that's kind of my job as a therapist for others is to help them realize that their lives could be a lot better if they face these things that they're not facing or reprioritize, you know, Mm -hmm. more significant. Hmm. Yeah. So do you ever feel uh, the pressure or the temptation, it's probably a better word, to sort of um, reframe or... um, you know, somebody maybe comes in and they're just full of shame and mm-hmm. right. You're just, okay. So, Oh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you want to sort of smooth it over. Does that mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? Is that t- temptation of a re- what do you do when yeah. like it's, I mean, ba- it's really it, that bad? Obviously, right. It depends on the person obviously, mm-hmm. but um, you know, when I was at Covenant, one of the big things in the counseling program was everybody has dignity and depravity. So I think it's important to speak to their dignity first, you know, as a person, mm-hmm. as a human being, without neglecting the fact that we all have depravity and we need to address that mm-hmm. to become better people, more like Jesus, what have you. Um And I think before you address the things that need to be faced and addressed, um, there needs to be a relationship built, you know, so they can trust you and that, and also speak to the very true essential dignity that we all have as image bearers Mm -hmm. um, before you get into the other, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance and process, right. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people, can hear the truth better than others. Some people, um, it just depends on how they grew up Mm -hmm. and, you know, certain different situations. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like there's, like there's two basic phenomenons. There's one, the, um, you know, I, I, um, I see it, but I want to sort of reframe it, uh, and sort of, you know, it's not that bad or I'm going to redefine it. Um, the, the story from the book, The Silver Chair, you know, that's sort of mm-hmm. an illustration of somebody who is just completely deluded and is just right. not seeing it. I mean, they're under a spell. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so what they believe to be true about reality is just not true. But, you know, the prince yeah, doesn't and, know it. Right. And that's where if they can handle it, you have to assess whether they can handle it. Um, you, you repeat back the story that they've told you, but you, you repeat it back as what you're hearing. Mm. So the story under the story, Okay. you know what I, 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 what I mean? Like what's really happening Mm -hmm. in the story Yes. and not exactly the way they tell it. It's okay. What, what I'm hearing from you is Mm -hmm. could this be, also, you know, yes. true or more accurate or what have you. So the, um, so the story, but also sort of the spell that keeps the story right. fake, if you right. will. You right? dress it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I believe so. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that, um, you know, when, um, in the story, you know, Prince Aurelian, um, you know, in the story, he realizes he's under a spell during this hour, but he's mm-hmm. trapped and the spell needs to be renewed. Uh, and then the rest of the, you know, 23 hours of the day, he's under a spell, but doesn't know it. Uh, right. And so everything is interpreted through the spell, if you will, and everything makes sense through mm-hmm. the spell, but it's false. Um, right. And like, he's the only one who doesn't really know it. Uh, that's false. Mm-hmm. And until the kids have enough guts to address it. <laughs> right. Until somebody else has to come and help him break the spell because he was never going to, mm-hmm. to break it. Um, and that seems to me to be sort of a metaphor for so much of our culture. You know, as I say in the piece, I mean, the housing market is one, you know, one, you know, big macro example, perhaps of a mass delusion. Everybody wanted to believe it. Everybody thought other people have it figured out or it must be fine. Or, you know, uh, you know, the bankers would be more concerned if it, whatever, all the stories we tell ourselves to say, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, especially if you're in the housing industry or you're building houses or selling houses and you're doing better because of it, you know, whatever. Um, then there's sort of the dog, you know, the, the White House dog where it's obvious, it's the, it's literally the German shepherd in the room that, you know, nobody wants to go in this room, right? But people won't speak up. Right. Um, and there's this sense in which we tend to believe things or want to believe things like culturally or subculturally that, um, hopefully at, at a later date we'll recognize aren't true. Uh, but we've been incentivized to believe them, you know, a lot of political things, a lot of cultural things. And do you, I mean, I, so I think, um, in in the culture, there's sort of this groupthink dynamic as well. There's sort of this in-group pressure that my group of people believe this. And so there's a huge pressure for me to say I believe it or just to believe I believe it without really looking at it in order to stay in the in-group, in order to stay with in good standing with my people, right? with that group I identify with, right? right. You know, because who's going to tell them any different because they might oust me, oust me of the group, you know? Yeah. And um, subtle, you know, subtle group rejection, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And there's so many things that, you know, there was the whole the pandemic issue of masks versus not masks or vaccine versus right. not vaccine or, you know, politically, the election stolen versus not stolen. It seemed to me at the time, and looking back on it, I'm, I'm even more convinced that most people held whatever position they held right. because of the group of people they wanted to be a part of or felt like, you know, not yeah. even formally, and, but sort of whatever. And that's exactly right. The only difference I see there is we really didn't know the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't know how, you know, if the vaccine was harmful or if masks were really doing the trick. I mean, like we couldn't rely on the media. We, different doctors were saying different things, you know, Mm -hmm. we. But even there, if you wanted to find out the, 
the tax because I remember being asked a lot basically because of the position I had and you know trying to come up with a mm-hmm. position obviously the same dynamic is at work where you can go to this group of people and they're going to tell you your in-group story and you can go to this right. other group of people and they're going to challenge your in-group story and if you really want to find the truth yeah, you have exactly to sort right. you have to sort of wade through sort. the yeah these people are incentivized with telling me mm-hmm. that all I need is vitamin D. Now he's also selling vitamin D on his website, right. you know, in huge doses. Right. Um, and so it becomes very like, who do I believe? And even, right. you know, mm-hmm. news organizations and whatever, there's in-group thinking of if they're aligned more with one side politically, they're going to have a different view of what the data is and, if they're aligned with another group politically, they're going to have another view of what the data is. Because in truth, it's not like we'd been through this pandemic ever before. And right. everyone was sort of trying to find out in real time. And so in that case, it wasn't as much uncertainty. It was false certainty. Like everyone was super mm-hmm. sure that, um, you know, super sure about the vaccine or super sure about the masks or super sure about whatever. Um, yeah. And being I, super sure of anything is dangerous. Yeah. Because, and, and I do think that, this group think sort of the good people, the good people of which I want to remain in good standing or be a part, believe this right. or have this position. Yes. That's a powerful spell to be under, to not see whatever might be on the other side, to never look over there because. Right. 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 No, I agree. Yeah. And so. What do we do about that? And if that? you don't take if you don't take a stance in the you know yeah, like we say right, well right. I don't know who's if we if we don't take a group you know then it's like whoa you know you're just not being informed or you're not wanting to commit you know right it's like no I really don't know yeah that's <laughs> another what, that's but, another um, interesting you know dynamic is that it's in many groups, it's not okay to not have an opinion to say, yeah, I don't really know. You know, I don't really know. The data's changing. Um, People say different things. I haven't figured it out yet. Like that, because I don't want you to say that because that's actually sort of a sensible position, but I want to be certain. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to tell you, no, you can be certain. It's really simple. Just listen to this one person on YouTube or whatever. And you'll have the same certainty I'll have. And we'll be together. And we can talk (laughs) about our certainty in our group, right? We can joke about the other people. Right. Um, Right. (laughs) So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a community that uh, organizes itself around a a preferred belief, which may not be true at all. Right. Right. And right. Yeah, so you're not dealing with reality. I mean, and chances are, too, if there's you, you look at two extremes, that's not, you know, either one of them probably not reality, mm-hmm. you know, because they're extremes. But, um, well, yeah. Well, um, I think that's, I mean, that's an interesting, if you're trying to figure out, you know, I have to, so what's going to keep me under the spell? I mean, one is going to be the in-group I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are my people or the people like me or the people at my church or the people in my small group or the people in my workplace? Mm-hmm. What do they believe? Well, right. it's easier just to go along with that. So that's one thing. Um, or 
you know, I know these other people that seem crazy to me believe X. So I don't want to be associated with those people associated. who believe X. Right. So I'm going to say X is false. Now, those people could be crazy and X might be true. I mean, that, that's... And X might be true, right. So that's where you have to decide what's the most important thing to you. You know, if you're, if you're, one, if you're a person who, um, you know, does life from the outside in, which means, you know, someone else's opinion of me is a huge factor in my decision making, mm -hmm. then you're going to choose the group that you want to be a part of regardless yeah. of maybe truth. Yeah. But if you have certain values or opinions um, within yourself and you care less about what other people think about you, you know, you might be more willing to say, hey, I want to know the truth about this subject, whether mm -hmm. you're right or not, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, that's living from the inside out mm -hmm. um, and not being as influenced by others, but even living, even living out of who you are that doesn't necessarily mean that we're facing the things that we need to face because there's other reasons other than wanting to be a part of a certain group that we live under the spell you know it might be too hard to face the truth mm -hmm. it might be breaking relationship it might be you know you know catastrophe at home or finances or whatever and it's just too hard to face, whether it's emotionally, physically, financially. And it's easier just kind of to be an autopilot until it's not, you know. And as we know, we cannot face reality, but eventually reality is going to catch up to us. That's what I feel Well, like hopefully. Feeling. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully we allow reality to catch up to us, yes. even if it's painful. And we don't stay in the delusion forever. Um and I think that's the, you know, I think maybe a helpful stance in this world is to recognize that likely in this area over here or this issue over there, I'm probably at least a little bit deluded. I'm, I'm subject mm -hmm. to self-interest. I'm subject mm -hmm. to in-group pressure. I'm subject to rejecting the bad people. All of those things are common human things. I'm likely falling under the sway of them, at least partially, at least some of the time. And so when are right. those things and what, you know, when does that happen and what are those things? It's probably a more helpful question than saying, well, I don't think I'm deluded, you know, uh, right. because obviously by definition, oh. you, you don't know. I had a counselor once tell me that, um, Everybody wants a better life, but very few people want to be better people. And I kind of see that as everybody wants a better life, and it's usually in the short term. So mm -hmm. we kind of allow ourselves to be delusional to see what's right in front of us and not have to do the hard work or face the realities to become better people. Mm -hmm. But in an effort for us to grow as people, we need to face reality and work through that and ultimately we will not only be better people but have a better life whether it's in this life or the next mm -hmm. and i think that when you talked about um uh, the truth will set us free mm -hmm. in scripture that obviously points to jesus and the mm -hmm. truth of jesus but i can also see that in practical terms 
as far as if we're willing to face reality and the truth, eventually that truth will set us free from the delusions, yeah. from yeah. Um, the things we need to break. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, as you see the gospel stories play out, there's a lot of reasons that a lot of different people had to not believe in Jesus. Uh, yeah. Entrenched interests in group pressure, all of these things that didn't allow them to see what was right in front of them. Many, many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that sense of, you know, what is it about me that is under the spell? What parts of me, what do I believe about myself, about areas that I need to improve? Um, you know, brokenness in my own life that I need to look at. Like, what am I not seeing? Um, I think I read uh, Thomas Sowell, who was a, uh, I think he's still living. He's a sort of an economist and philosopher of, of the late 20th and early, early 21st century. Um, uh, just a brilliant guy, but he says, uh, I think he said, if you want to help people tell them the truth, uh, if you want to help yourself, tell the people what they want to hear. Right. And, uh, so right. So sometimes I conspire mm-hmm. with you to uh, keep you under the spell because it's the easiest thing for me because breaking the spell is hard. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in a sense, it's kind of what you do a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Is sort of like, Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's not like that. <laughs> right. Right. You're so right. Um, and then that's, yeah, the story of the Narnia story. You know, when I, I was reading the article, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like those kids every day. I've got to tell the truth. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, and it might be accepted and it might not be accepted, you know, but that's my job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so that's... Um... It is such a, I mean, I think, I think it's always true and it's always a, a temptation. I just think in our age, because of all of this division, in-group, out-group, culture war stance, that once something becomes a culture war issue, it kind of takes us back to the whole pandemic issue or election stolen issue. Once it becomes a culture war issue, then it's really not about the facts anymore, hardly. It's about yeah. my side, your side. Um, and so to make my point, I'll find the worst argument from your side and mock it and you'll do the same. And then nobody really even cares what's true anymore. It's all just about, right. I know scoring points. Exactly. Right. It's really sad. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I think that we live in such a time where there's seems like there's way more. I just think as either I've gotten older and more aware of it, or it's stronger in, in our cultural, current cultural setting where any sort of agreement, any sort of commonality, any sort of nuance, any sort of compromise is very difficult to find because we don't want it. We want our delusion, mm-hmm. right? We want our delusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that extends obviously to our own, our own self and, you know, as Jesus yep. said, if we seek his truth, the filter, the the understanding of this whole story that we're in, that ultimately that sets us free. And what feel, the delusion feels like freedom is the problem in the short run, 
the delusion the feels like freedom, right? right? Um, yeah, so I don't know, I don't until know how to end not. Until it's not. <laughs> yeah, until the housing market crashes mm-hmm. or the groundskeeper right. gets bit and somebody takes a picture of it or at some point it just becomes, um, you know, uh, uh, I think it's a, it was a Warren, it's a Warren Buffett saying, I think, you know, talking about investing and people who have, you know, shady investments or whatever that all work when the economy is good. Uh, and he says, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, when the tide goes out, everybody finds out who's skinny dipping and who's, you know, who's got a bathing suit on. And at some point the tide goes out, uh, and you know, Mm -hmm. but I do think that's partly God's grace, right? That he does not want uh, in, in love for us. He does not want us to persist in our delusion forever. No, no. And and maybe that's one way that we can help each other is to try to lovingly, help people be aware of, re-examine, question, you know, the spells that they're under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I just agree. think we're crappy at that probably, but. Right, because we all do it. You know, <laughs> it's like, it. you know, I, how many times do I like uh, telling this person the truth? And then, you know, I've got a little break in between sessions like, oh, my gosh, pot, kettle. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just as guilty as right. living under a spell as this person. Right. But, you know, I feel like also that's the Holy Spirit convicting mm-hmm. me of like, um, you know, look yeah. at this in your life. So yeah, that's a good thing. I, you know, it's a painful, but yeah, a good thing, it really so. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I am thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we, uh, we're at the end of our time. We're past it a little bit. Um, so let's end it there. Thanks, Susan. Um, I really enjoyed Thank you, it. Mike. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, check out uh, the embassy at theembassy.substack.com and you can subscribe there if you like or you can find On Culture. We found this one, but if you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe anywhere where there are podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever, all of them. Uh, and we'd love to talk to you next time. Until then. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.